Hello, everyone, and welcome to His Only Vice, the podcast where we talk about the movies that shaped us. You guys, I hope you're hanging in there. Um, this is day, I don't even know, 20-something, maybe 30 at this point for me of quarantine. Um, I'm hanging in, binging tons of stuff. I'm currently clinically obsessed with Ozark on Netflix. If you haven't gotten into it, get the fuck into it. It is a ride, people. But enough about me. Thank you guys for listening. Um, we're really trying to use Zoom to the best of our abilities here, trying to make the audio as good as I can um, and get really thrilling, fun, lovely, charming guests as always. And speaking of charming guests, my guest today is one of my fave people. She was um, almost my roommate. She lives way too far away from me, which makes me cry every time I think about it. And her name is Carly Frolio. Hey, Carly. Hello. How are you? Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, Carly, this is your first podcast appearance, right? Yes, it is. I wouldn't want to be with anyone else. (laughs) We're happy to pop the podcast cherry. (laughs) His only vice. Well, ever Um, since when you were like, I'm going to do a podcast, I was like, okay, great. So that'll be my first one. (laughs) Yes, yes. Oh, yes. And it it should be noted that Carly is one of my biggest supporters and early adopters of all things artistic. So thank you, love. Yes, number Um, one fan. (laughs) Yes, huge supporter, huge supporter. We're thrilled to have you on the pod. Um, Carly, as I'm sure you know, because you've listened. um, Actually, you know what? Before we jump into this, how are you? How are you taking quarantine? What have you been doing? What's up? I am doing well. Um, How are you battling Miss Rona? We like to go on drives to get out of the house, not going anywhere, just getting fresh air. Okay, good. And we like, or I like to draw and paint, do yoga. And Alex just bought um, Crash Team Racing on Xbox. So we've been like racing on there. It's like Mario Kart, but with Crash. <laughs> Love that. And if you guys are wondering who Alex is, that is her lover. Her that is my lover. Boyf. Lover, boyfriend <laughs> lover. Um, okay, love all that. Um, you guys, Carly lives in Nebraska, so she has like plenty of space to go out and drive. So be jealous. Although I am in Vermont <laughs> right now, which is nice because I can like just go wander into the woods. Yeah. And still be six feet away from everyone. And yes. in fact, I could probably be six miles away from everyone. <laughs> um, at any given moment in the woods of Vermont. Um, okay, now let's jump into this this film world of yours. Yes. Carly, as you know, we begin with favorite movies. Go. Uh-huh. My Other than the favorite... one we're gonna talk about today, of course. Perfect, yes. My number one favorite movie of all time is Labyrinth with David oh, yes, Bowie. David Bowie, go <laughs> Jennifer Connolly. <laughs> And I then I also love Oscar the Award winner Jennifer Story. Connelly. Yes, yes, that's very true. Um, and then I love the Never Ending Story. Okay. And that thing you do, Good Burger, The Goonies, Breakfast Club, Now and Then, Moulin Rouge, Singing in the Rain. Like I am all over the place. Oh my god! Wait. Okay. <laughs> so we we need we need to stop on some highlights. Here. Okay. <laughs> First of all, Moulin Rouge, which was a close it was a close second for what we we're gonna discuss today. Yes, it was. Um, but that 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 episode will happen on this podcast. You guys will just have to wait and see. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, one. wink. <laughs> um, and okay, love Moulin Rouge, obsessed with Bob Lerman. Um, second one that I heard in there that I love, love, love was um, Good Burger. Hello, uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. Wasn't, wasn't, the, wasn't the VHS like orange or something? VHS was orange, yep, because it's a Nickelodeon movie. Yes. Hello, welcome to Good Burger Home at the Good Burger. How may I take your order? Yes, Keenan um, and Kel masterpiece. Listen, Keenan and Kel walked so that Bonquiqui could run. Yes. Remember that sketch? I do remember that, that sketch. sketch. That was bad TV. Sketch. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so we love that. Um, wait, yep. okay, run me through that one more time. Yes, and then I also said... Um, the Goonies. Okay, yeah. And That Thing You Do. Tom Hanks, yeah. And Singing in the Rain. Oh, of course. Yeah. School I feel of like there's Rock. one other one in there. Oh, School of Rock, Obby, which we just talked about that <laughs> on the last episode. We love that yes. movie here. Um, okay, love all of those ch- options and choices. Um, yes. Do you have some movie stars that you love? Um, my favorite actor is Dick Van Dyke. Of course. <laughs> my who whole I once, life. Who I did famously think was dead for many months <laughs> until you told me he wasn't. I mean, you're not the only one. Like, anytime someone tries to tell me he's dead, I'm like, nope, don't worry. Like, I'm his number one fan. Like, he's alive still. Jerry Van Dyke, his brother, is dead. So okay. I can see why that gets confusing. <laughs> but Dick Van Dyke is alive and well and tweeting at you. Yes, he told me happy birthday. Yes, we love that. Big day in Carly's life, people. Yeah, I had a really bad hangover from it was my 21st day after my 21st birthday. And mm-hmm. I checked my phone. And when I saw that he wished me happy birthday, my hangover was gone. It was cured. <laughs> I wasn't Bye, sick hangover. at all. <laughs> cured forever. Um, so, yes, I love him. I love Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and Mary Poppins. I love the Dick Van Dyke show, like all of that all of his we love, famous stuff. We love an old soul. Yes, love an old soul. That's me. <laughs> it really um, is. And then my favorite my favorite actor is Willem Dafoe. Oh, okay. Which let's, we have found out that we have the same favorite um, top three Willem Dafoe roles. Lighthouse, um, Florida Project, Spider-Man? Spider-Man, yeah. Yes, God. <laughs> yes. Those are the best. Yep, those are the best ones. Um, Yes, love him forever. Love Willem. And then I also underrated. Love, oh my God, so underrated. I'm so glad I'm and not so the is, only one. So is Robert Pattinson. I'm sorry, but like, if we're gonna talk about the lighthouse, we need to talk. We gotta about talk Robert about Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. I agree. He is so good in that movie. Uh-huh. And he is so talented, just in general. Like, I'm. I was fully on the the um, Rob Pattinson train after probably like Good Time, that Safety Brothers movie he did, and then uh-huh. I saw High Life and The Lighthouse in the same year, aka last year. And I was like, what the literal fuck? He is so talented. I'm fully on board with Robbie Pats. I am too. Like, just because he was in, like, a shitty franchise doesn't mean anything. Right? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the real deal. Yeah. Okay, who else? Um, and then with some ladies. Some ladies. I love Margot Robbie's my favorite actress. Uh, okay, pause. <laughs> uh, I'm, gonna, I'm making you pause on everything because we have similar taste. This one is good taste, people. Um, Margot Robbie... From the moment I saw her literally burst onto the scene in Wolf of Wall Street, I was uh-huh. like, this girl is it. Me too. That was the first one too for me. And she, she, um, her, her performance in I, Tonya, I really think she should have won the Oscar that year. That's just me. So that I. scene in the I mirror with the makeup. The bag. I mean, she was up against Frances McDermott, which like, you know, the Oscars love her. And she, she was brilliant in Three Billboards. I just don't think, well, to be honest, Three Billboards and I, Tonya are both a little, um, they're, as movies in general, they're a little iffy, but yeah. um, but I did think um, 
Margot Robbie was so good. Me too. I love her in that role. And I, I actually, I actually really liked Itania. Um, now that I, I think about too. it, um, and I didn't think it was like really like a Tanya Harding like apologist movie. It was just like no. was a like drag version of that story. Yeah. Um, but anyway, okay, we could talk about her forever, but we won't. <laughs> Moving on. Um, and then I love Octavia Spencer. Uh, yes. Alex and I just watched um, that horror movie, the Bloomhouse movie she was in called oh, Ma. Ma. Yeah. On How HBO was that? Go. Oh my God, it was so much fun. Okay, I loved I it. Watch. I mean, we love Bloomhouse anyways because it's, I mean, horror movies are just, they're fun to watch and they of always course. make the most fun ones. But Seen you can just tell, them. yeah, like you can just tell in that movie, she's just having the best time playing this role that she never yeah. has played. Like, but you Love should that. watch it. It's a lot of fun. She's like, I already got my three Oscar nominations. I'm going to go ahead and do Ma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I wish um, they would give her a role that wasn't like a period piece or like a good role. Oh, I role. know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love, she, she has some iconic um, pop culture moments as well. Like, oh, many don't burn chicken. Yeah. Love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Anybody else you wanted to add? Um, much and then do I, it. yeah, the last one I have is Emma Stone. Oh, yes. Okay. Love Emma. I'm like, if there was ever a movie made about me, she would have to play me. Yeah, I think <laughs> I agree with that. Um, <laughs> um, I famously am an, a La La Land apologist. I really love La La Land personally. Yes. And well, I actually so do, do I. think, <laughs> I think she did deserve an Oscar for that. I thought she was really good. I don't, I think she was up against, um, if I'm remembering correctly, which I might not be, she was up against Isabelle Huppert for Elle, which was absolutely the best performance of that year. But like, uh-huh. I still was like, I was on board with Emma winning an Oscar. It's whatever. It's the musical um, theater kid in us. That's why yeah, we love La La, La true, Land. <laughs> yeah, and I do think Damien Chazelle is really talented and has a really unique outlook on movies in general. Like if you look at how he went from Whiplash to La La Land to First Man, like, and uh-huh. he won his first Oscar at 29, the youngest yeah. director ever to win an Oscar. That's insane. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, before I make more enemies about, but by loving La La Land, let me move on. Um, so I just realized, Carly, that I've never like said my full list of my favorite performers. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna go ahead and like hijack this conversation for a second and like clear the air about who mine are. Yeah, I need to know. Tell me. Um, so I've talked about Christian Bale and Kate Blanchett um, yes. because those are like number one in the respective um, genders, even though gender is a construct. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite actress is Kate Blanchett. And my favorite actor is. Um, Christian Bale. Um, but like working on the list from Christian, I love Philip Seymour Hoffman because I mean, hello, uh-huh. literal chameleon. Yes. Daniel Day-Lewis, because again, obviously. Um, Robbie, Robbie Patz, who we just talked about. Ray Fiennes. And I think the most underrated actor like alive right now is Jake Gyllenhaal. I really think oh, every yes. role he does, he's so good in everything. Uh-huh. He, he elevates every movie he's in. He's so committed 100% all the time. Like, Okja, he plays that crazy scientist. He's in Nightcrawler, that movie about the like sort of vigilante-esque journalist. Um, he was in, um, uh, what was that uh, that other wild, absurdist movie he did with Tony Collette? Uh, uh, Velvet Buzzsaw, which was crazy. He was yeah. really good in that. I mean, yes. all, the way to, all the way back to Brokeback Mountain, like he's uh-huh. been doing amazing work for forever and I just think he's so talented. Um, and then for ladies, obviously, Kate Blanchett is number one. Um, and then I love Marissa Tomei, I love Tony Collette, um, 
Also, I just realized Marissa Tomei is literally sh- is topless in every movie she's ever done except Spider-Man. <laughs> um, truly. Um, and Olivia Coleman, I love. I'm so glad she's getting like a oh, bigger American audience. <laughs> um, love Julianne Moore because nobody does woman in distress like Julianne Moore. I love Julianne Moore. Love, 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 love. Another amazing redhead. Yes. Um, and listen, Julianne Moore could have won 63 Oscars by now. Uh-huh. And the fact that they gave it to her for Still Alice, I was like, okay, Legacy Award, first of all, for yeah. this tiny little indie. <laughs> but actually, I really did like Still Alice, and I thought she was really good. But anyway, I can't go down a Julianne Moore rabbit hole, because then I'll start talking about Boogie Nights and Magnolia oh, and yes. The Hours and all these things that she was brilliant in. Um, and then I think the most underrated woman of um, the current day would be Tilda Swinton. And listen, I know she has an Oscar, so don't come for me, people. But she should have like eight Oscars. I know. She is no, so I agree. good in everything. She's Tilda so Swinton good in is, everything. She is the definition of chameleon. She plays an old German professor and the head witch in Suspiria. Yeah. Bitch, yeah, yeah, come yeah. on. <laughs> Which, by the way, one's male and one's female. Like, come on. Or male presenting yeah. and female presenting, at least. Um, and, like, how do you go from Narnia to we need to talk about exactly. Kevin? Like, come yeah. on. No, I completely agree. I, I totally agree that she is also incredibly underrated. Yeah. She is amazing. Um, anyway, enough about me. Just wanted to get some of those choices out there because I realized I'd never shared. Yeah. Um, so Carly, now that we've figured out where your tastes lie, <laughs> let's go ahead and jump in with the movie that shaped you that you brought to the conversation today. Yes. What is it? It is Almost Famous. Almost Famous, who yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman and Francis McDermott, who we mentioned pre- previously before, are in. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, so, Almost Famous. Um, before we jump to our conversation, I just want to like lay a little backdrop on what the movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, premise, year release, da-da-da-da. Um, so, Almost Famous was released at the Toronto International Film Festival on September 8th in the year 2000, before getting its wide release on September 13th of 2000. Um, it was di- written and directed by Cameron Crowe, who, if you guys are unfamiliar with his other work, um, you might know him from uh, Jerry Maguire or the cult classic Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which, you know, launched the career of previously unknowns, including Jennifer Jason Lee, um, B.B. Cates, Nicolas Cage, Forrest Whitaker, Sean Penn. Um, yeah, everyone and then, in that movie. <laughs> truly everyone. Um, and then this movie, though, stars Patrick Fugit, Pr- Francis McDermott, Kate Hudson, Zoe Deschanel, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Billy Crudup, Jimmy Fallon's in there, Jason Lee, who, by the way, looks exactly like Ryan Reynolds. Uh-huh, um, yeah. Literally, I spent half the movie thinking it was Ryan Reynolds. Um, <laughs> and it also has really fun little turns from Feruza Balk and um, uh, Anna Paquin. So it has quite a fun little cast. Um, it's a semi-autobiographical movie, because, as you know, you and I have discussed, as um, Crow himself was a teenage writer for Rolling Stone and based the screenplay off of his experiences with like Leonard Skinner and the Allman Brothers and Led Zeppelin and the Eagles. And he discussed like, you know, in interviews how this movie really um, incorporates losing his virginity and falling in love and spending time with his musical heroes being, um, you know, let down or inspired, what have you. Um, And the movie went on to become quite the hit. Uh, It was nominated for four Oscars. Um, and it picked up some Golden Globes. Uh, it also won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. So, um, but we'll get into that a little bit later in our rewards, a little awards report card. <laughs> um, 
Other than that, uh, fun little facts, uh, Cameron Crowe was married to Nancy Wilson of the rock band Heart. Um, she did a lot of the music supervision for this and produced some of the original songs. Um, she also helped like coach the actors on how to um, act like musicians on stage and what it was like, how to look like them. Um, and it was ranked on many end of year lists and end of decade lists, end of, you know, or millennium so far list, like BBC yeah. put it at 79 on its greatest films of, uh, or the greatest films since the year 2000. So it really left its mark. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a no wonder that it shaped you. It definitely shaped yeah. me. I remember, I'll never forget the first time I watched it. Um, so let's go ahead and dive in. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so I love to start with um, favorite parts yeah. to um, get the conversation going. So do you have a favorite part of this movie? Yes, my Tell favorite me. part, I'm, Penny Lane is my favorite character in any movie. Like I aspire to, she's my style icon. And my favorite part is when she appears for the first time, yes. sort of out of the shadows when um, William is like, oh, I'm not like a, and she's like, like a what? And he's like a groupie. And she's like, we are not groupies. We're here for the music. We are the Band-Aids. We're the Band-Aids, yeah. He's got that um, iconic coat on, the purple yes. glasses, and she's just looking amazing. And it's just, I love her entrance. And every time that happens, I just, like, get chills. I'm like, I love her. <laughs> she literally, like, emerges from the mist. And you're like, oh, yes. hey, here we go. The movie can officially begin. Here she is, um, the cover art. Literally. I love that part, too. And one of my favorite parts is also Penny Lane-centric. Um, I love the scene in the field where she's been like gambled away, quote unquote. Oh, and yeah. um, Patrick Fuge's character confronts her um, and is like, you just got gambled away for, you know, this, that and beer. And she kind of like has this moment of realization and she turns her head away. She turns back. She smiles. She wipes a tear away and she says, well, what kind of beer? Yeah. And then, like, you sort of see the, the like, sadness seep in after she tries mm -hmm. to put up this front. And that moment, I'm like, oh, yes. I'm like, She's I, acting I, her ass off in that small little moment. She like, sure she does is, amazing I have serving. To think, like, I have to think that that was the scene that, like, she submitted for awards consideration. Yeah. Like, either that one or maybe, like, the Quaalude scene. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. like, any of the stuff she does in New York is, like, amazing. Um... But I love that part, and it also has like some, like grounding, like some of the lines in that that scene, like really ground the movie. Like, um, he says to her, you know, when and where does this real world occur? After she says, "If only a guy could look at me in the real world like you just did," no, or whatever did, she says, yeah. yeah. And um, I'm like, oh wow, like we're getting like um, the real emotional gravitas here in this scene. Yeah. Um, because this movie. Scene. This movie is so much about like the little scenes that are strung together. It mm -hmm. like it almost feels like a musical album or a musical magazine, much like you know the the movie's premise, where it yes. feels like it's these like different stories strung together or these different tracks strung together to make a bigger picture, which I really love. And that yeah. one in particular is like the one that always stuck out to me. Even like the way when they transition from like city to city, when it's like oh New York, Boston, or whatever. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And exactly. it's like you're like flipping through a little a literal Rolling Stone magazine. It's yeah. Genius. Or or you know going on tour. Yeah. Or going uh, on tour. The structure of the movie is so similar to like any sort of like episode episodic or um, 
uh, like editorial type thing where there's like just little chunks that you can just, you know, go back and pick your favorite part of. Yeah. Um, and I love that about this movie. Me too. Um, and I also love like how, like, even though I've never been on a, like a road trip with a band, it sort of like invites you in. You feel like you're a part of that tour bus. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love that. Yeah, me too. I also think, um, you know, Francis McDermott provides a lot of the like warmth of this movie, like all of those little scenes where she's on the phone. Those are uh-huh. other like emotional grounding moments. Um, what do you think about that? I love it. I mean, it's especially the part where um, she's talking to Russell on the phone. And oh, yeah. She's telling, like we, like we said, um, when she's telling him and she's like, I know, like, I know what you do or like, you can't fool me or whatever she says to him on the phone. And you can just see in his face that like, maybe he's never had a motherly figure like her talk to him that way. Like that was absent in his life. You can just see it in his face. Yeah. She says like, he's a smart, good hearted kid with infinite potential. And if you break his spirit, you will meet the voice on the other end of this telephone. Yes. Yep. And then, but then she says, now go be your best. I'm glad Uh we spoke. And when she says that, she's like, oh, so good. I love that part. I love that part too. Um, So since we're actually talking about, you know, we just transitioned from Kate as Penny Lane and Francis. um, Let's go ahead and jump into the awards report card real quick before we move on to our least favorite parts. So as I was previously mentioning, it got nominated for four Oscars. Um, Francis and Kate both got nominated for Best Supporting Actress. um, And it also was nominated for Best Original Screenplay, which he won and um, Best Editing. And then at the Golden Globes, it won Best Musical or Comedy, and Kate Hudson ended up winning for um, uh, Supporting Actress in Musical or Comedy. Um, or, or no, I think in Supporting Actress, they just do it all together, actually, at the Golden Globes. Yeah. Um, and then the Screenplay and Francis got nominations as well. Um, that was the year um, at the Oscars that... Um, Gosh, 2000, that would have been probably Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and um, God, what else would have that have been? Do you have any memory of the 2000 Oscars? I don't. I was trying to think of it as we were to think talking of it about it. Um, I know it was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, oh, it was Steven Soderbergh year. Last time that, that we were oh. talking about this, I literally had that realization too. It was like Traffic, Aaron Brockovich, all that. I know, we like went through all of that. Aaron Brockovich, literally, Julia I was like, Roberts. What the heck? Yes, Julia Roberts was like the one who really like reign supreme that year yeah um but i really do think kate or francis could have won an oscar for best supporting actress it ended up going i'm sure they split it because it ended up going to marcia gay harden for that jackson pollock movie Uh um which you know she's obviously great i think marcia gay harden is a really really talented actress um but i do think that they split the vote like it could have been kate or francis Mm -hmm. and people were just kind of like we don't know what to do about this um but yeah, do you, do you think it like missed out on anything? Was there anything that you think it should have been nominated for? I mean, I think it, like looking back, it's definitely one of the movies of the 2000s people remember. So like it easily could have. Oh, for if, sure. If the year, if 2000 had the same rules the Oscars have now about the like 10 best picture thing, it definitely would have been nominated for best picture. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I don't know why I thought it was, but um, even though it wasn't nominated for like best picture or whatever awards that, like you said, like people still look back on it as like one of the best films of 
yeah the, the 2000s in general yeah yeah i mean it, i mean it won a golden globe for best musical or comedy so like it right. clearly like has some some merit mm-hmm. um but the so just like clear the air full list no, the five nominees that year were gladiator Chocola, crouching tiger hidden dragon aaron brockovich and traffic um and then almost famous for, one right um so almost Wait, famous was, was one that for golden, golden globe no that was for um the oscars Oh, gotcha. Yeah, okay. I, don't <laughs> I got comedy. confused. Yeah, gotcha. You, if you couldn't pay me to remember a Golden Gold nomination, <laughs> they're still all over the place. I know. Um, so that year, it, it ended up being like, as I was saying, like a big Steven Soderbergh um, project sweep. Like he won Direction. Um, and, uh, Julia Roberts won for Aaron Brockovich. Benicio Del Toro won for Traffic. So like his movies were just sort of like dominating because mm-hmm. um, he was like sort of the king of the indie new wave. Um, but Anyway, enough about the awards. What's your least favorite part? <laughs> Before, I could go down that rabbit hole for a million years. Um, yeah, my I love the whole movie, but my least favorite part has always been, I just don't understand it, is the part after she's taken the quaaludes and William and her are dancing and he kisses her when yeah, she's like part, on her deathbed. That is a little cringy. <laughs> it's very cringe, especially because no one really, I mean, I don't think anyone knows how old she's supposed to be in that movie. I mean, she was mm-hmm. 20, Kate Hudson was 21 in the movie, but I don't know how old the character's supposed to be. And he says he's 15. Right. And so and I'm they have like, that, okay. They have that little volley in the beginning where she's like, how old are you? And he's like 18. And she's like, me too. And he's like 17. She's like, oh my God, me too. And he's like 16. And she's like, me too. And then yeah. she, he says, okay, I'm 15. And she doesn't say anything after that. So we sort of like, don't really know like what her yeah. age is. She's like, the um, truth just sounds different. <laughs> you know, she was 21, right? When they recorded, yeah. when they filmed this? Okay, yeah. Yep. Which so then she has to so be, like, older. close to that. I know, and she acts so much older, too. I like, know. I mean, I guess she, like, grew up having to be mature, being Goldie Hawn's daughter. She was, like, constantly oh, in the spotlight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that part is a little cringe. Yeah, that's definitely my least favorite part. I don't get it. I never understood it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think my least favorite part is probably when they like right before that when they tell her that she has to go that like that wife character who's just like a character version of like a wife like a jealous mm-hmm. wife I'm like Ugh, really this is the trope we're gonna use here um and <laughs> then he then they like you know kick her out or whatever and she you know ends up doing the toilets I I love that scene so much until that moment I'm just like really we couldn't like have included Penny in the celebration but I guess yeah. you need to have like some sort of dramatic conflict screenwriting right. 101 yeah. um but um, the the falling out of a love affair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, but that scene in general, I really love though, when they're like singing that song and- um, Yeah, me too. When like uh, Mona Lisa's in Mad Hatter's is playing yes, like subtly in the you. background. My favorite Elton John song. <laughs> they do, I mean, the music in that is like really well used. There's oh, yeah, even yeah, like, this... there's even um, a Simple Man playing in the background at one point, a little uh-huh. homage to his time with uh, Led Zeppelin. No, Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner. Oh my God! Did I just, what did I <laughs> say? It, Led Zeppelin. Was, <laughs> that's all right. Leonard Zeppelin Skinner. is in the movie a lot too, yeah. which is funny because whenever they did, when Cameron Crowe was asking about, um, I forget what song he was asking Zeppelin for them to play, but Zeppelin is just very like they don't like their music being used in anything. Like mm-hmm. you have to like do jump through hoops or whatever. Like, um, but when he played the movie for them, Zeppelin gave him the okay to use. Mm. misty mountain hop and tangerine and something else that i can't think of 
but and then the scene at the at the end like the plane scene is Mm -hmm. supposed to be like a nod to um the plane crash that killed the lead singer and the guitarist of Leonard Skinner. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Thank you for telling yeah. me that. Yeah. Look at these little Easter eggs best. y'all are getting. <laughs> um, I love that. And I, I love when like music becomes an integral part of the plot and like the um, dramatic action because, it, or like there's like a specific song that the writer needs in there. Like it, it, it harkens back to this interview I was watching with Greta Gerwig where she was, you know, writing to the Dave Matthews band, like I need Crash Into Me on yeah. the Lady Bird soundtrack. Uh-huh. And it just like, in that moment when her and Beanie Feldstein are listening to that song, it's like, you, you, you'll never remember, you'll never forget that scene. And like, mm-hmm. there's so many musical underscorings here that like make this scene so memorable. Uh-huh, um, and sure. that Elton John scene is one of them in New York. Yeah. And that soundtrack um, is just amazing. I long oh, to have so it good. on vinyl, but you can't find it anywhere for a reason. I know price. you were telling me that it was like a gazillion dollars to get anywhere. I know. One day. <laughs> yeah, one day I'll find it. Yeah. Um, although the more like it ages, the more like mythos it probably has. Yep. Um, there was, there's also, I just wanted to like touch on um, sort, sort of like the cultural commentary in this a little bit. Like they, like Francis McDermott's character says adolescence is a marketing tool, uh-huh. which is like, it's true. Like literally in like marketing classes are like sell youth, sell sex, yep. sell this, sell fun, blah, 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 blah. And so I, I love that line because it's so true. And the other, um, you know, sort of like jab at journalism that they, that they throw is um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is like coaching Will's, Will and he's like, um, you know, tell them it's a think piece. They'll love that. Yeah, yep, yeah. <laughs> I just love that line <laughs> or whatever that is. If Francis McDermott holds up the Simon and Garfunkel records to Zoe Deschanel and she's like, they're on the pot. Yeah, <laughs> the pot. It's... um. Which is so Simon funny. Simon and Garfunkel is poetry. Literally, it's like they're <laughs> some of the greatest songwriters ever. And she's like, no, you can't listen to this trash. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really, I, I love so much of this movie because like I was sort of hinting at before, like it's like, it's a little difficult to articulate like the sort of ambiance it has and like the nostalgia it sort of brings, even though it's, it's like nostalgic for a time I never lived through, which is so mm-hmm. weird um but like you watch it and you just like yearn to be like a part of something um so it was like a perfect encapsulation uh encapsulation encapsulation i think that's a word um, (laughs) uh it it perfectly encapsulates like what it feels like to be um uh like young and um like trapped or you know like wanting to do more longing for something else Right, because, like, initially he's, like, trapped because he wants to be a writer so badly, and then when he's on the actual tour, he, he feels trapped because they won't just give him the fucking interview. He's, like, mm-hmm. constantly like, prodding and poking at them. Yeah. So, yeah, I just... Oh, yeah, and then he ends up at that party with Russell when yes. he's standing on the roof, which Cameron yes, Crowe yeah. says that was an actual experience that he had with Dwayne Allman from okay, the Allman no Brothers Band. He was... Dwayne Allman was the one on the roof being like, I'm on drugs! and gonna jump into the pool. Oh, but there was God. like a during one of the parts when he's like, I just need this damn interview. And he's like, I'm going to take all this acid and jump off the roof. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just, they're just all the adults are ironically making it harder for the kid. Yeah. Um, what was I going to? But yeah, I think that was like all I really wanted to say about the feel of it. Um, I just, I think it's like 
such a good love letter to both film and music. And that I think is why it's like really stood the test of time. Yeah, me too. And there hasn't really been anything else like it. Yeah, there, I'm trying, I was like trying to think of like other movies that sort of feel like this sort of tour experience. No, I can't really think of any that I've seen. Yeah, me, yeah, me either. Um, I can think of like other, you know, coming of age type movies that feel like this, but you know, we'll get into that in our final segment. Yeah. Yes. Um, did you have any other thoughts or things that you love about this movie? Little stories? I know that you're like a storied historian of this movie. Oh yeah, I've already um, said a lot of them. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I love like the Easter eggs in this movie that, that he planted, like even as simple as having the bands that he um, toured with or worked with playing in the background of the of the movie, like Leonard Skinner and Zeppelin yeah. and like all those that he just like planted there. And then like the plane crash being an homage to um, Leonard, Leonard, lead singer of Leonard Skinner and how they died yeah. during that. I actually and... didn't even, I, I didn't even know about that. And like, I'm so glad you brought that up because it really has like so, some sort of, it has like so many music history. Like if you're read up on your music history, you'll probably find like so much more yeah. of that stuff in this movie. Yeah, I, I'm a big, I love Easter eggs. Like we talked about um, Across the Universe. Uh, yes I <laughs> that's one of my favorite movies as well uh, don't get me started on that movie. <laughs> but I'm like I, I grew up on the Beatles like I'm big Beatles fan so whenever like a huge Beatles fan watching that there are so many little things in mm-hmm. that movie that you're just like it's an easter egg and you point out you're like that's this I mean I feel naming, that... naming the lead Jude like every yeah. little piece like naming a character Prudence like so much of that movie is like and then Prudence ha- like coming the... in through the bathroom window like yes um <laughs> Uh, making her like a lesbian so she can sing I want to hold your hand to the cheerleader like all these little details are so yes. smart um, making that like Janis Joplin s character that Jimi Hendrix s character like all of the people um, that were like sort of around at that time uh, yeah, I could, yeah we could go down a whole another route no I know yeah I can't even get started like I, yeah. I love stuff like that which is why I love yeah. this movie because I love I think, finding um, like all those little Easter eggs. Before we move on from Across the Universe, just real quick, I think you would agree that even as a Beatles purist, some of those arrangements really slap. Oh, I, I will listen to Once From Across the Universe over like the original Beatles okay. song. Okay, thank you, me too, me too. Other Beatles fans will kill me for that. Like, right, we're like, gonna be blacklisted. Yeah, like I, uh, I work for a Beatles cover band. Oh they yeah, do... you were sort of telling me about this. Yeah, they are amazing. Their name is Yesterday and Today. If anyone wants to look them up, they are all over the world. They tour all Aptly over the world. Named yesterday. Not during, yeah, when it's not during a pandemic. Um, right. <laughs> but um, we always joke about how I'm like the Penny Lane of their group because I follow Literally. them around on whatever they do, even though I'm not sleeping with any of them, obviously. Alex is like the William and I'm like the Penny Lane. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no, they would totally kill me if they found out that I, if they heard me say that I will listen to an arrangement from across the universe over the original. <laughs> For example, like, I really love the I want to hold your hand in across the universe. Yes, I love that I too. think it's fun to sing. That slowed and down. And I love like, it slowed down. Sort of yearning type yes. situation that they turned it into. Yeah. Um, I love the gospel version of Let It Be. Oh my god, I cry even thinking about that. <laughs> and I love I love Blackbird. It's sort of just like a throwaway moment in yeah. the movie, but I love that arrangement of that song. And she sings it so quickly. She's another one of yeah. my favorite actresses. I meant to plug her in there. Evan I Rachel love Wood. Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah. yeah. She's really good. And she's like having a real resurgence with Westworld. 
Uh-huh, which I have yet to watch. See, I watched like three episodes and I was like, I don't have this much time to spend being confused. Yeah. <laughs> it is really something. Like, you need to commit. I think maybe like during quarantine, I might revisit. And I also, yeah. I feel that way about Sharp Objects too. Like the first like three I episodes, I was like, I don't, well, I don't know if I have enough time to like commit to being this confused. Me too. Yeah, I, that's another one I should research too. Because like, it really has like so much of everything I've loved. Like, um, Amy Adams, Patricia Clarkson, Chris Messina, um, Elizabeth Perkins is in there. It's directed by mm-hmm. Jean-Marc Vallée. It's a miniseries on HBO. Like, why don't I love this? I know. Yeah, same. We should re- revisit that together. <laughs> it's, and it's based on a Gillian Flynn book. Like, come on, so yeah. many things that I should love. But anyway, back to Almost Famous before we go down like, <laughs> a Good, thousand keep highways. Track. <laughs> um, that's very us. Um, yes. So actually, so we're sort of just talking about this, like, if people loved Almost Famous, Carly, what do you think, like, other movies that they would love? I mean, Almost, or, um, Across the Universe does sort of have that toury element when they have that, Yeah, like, I was gonna say that. That, that Bono character. Uh-huh. Um, oh, my gosh, during I Am the Walrus, I love that scene. Yeah. Um, that whole, like, trip sequence. Yeah. Um, I love, but what I else? What were you thinking? Yeah, that's definitely a good choice. Um, I also think that thing you do is a good choice. You know, Natalie mentioned that on the School of Rock episode, and I had never heard of that until you guys brought it up. Oh my God, Dylan, you have to watch it. It's Tom I know, Hanks' I, masterpiece. I mean, it's on my list now. Yeah. It is like Tom Hanks, my COVID survivor. Yeah, exactly. Yep. He wrote, directed, and starred in it. That's what and... I heard. I didn't realize it was like such a Tom Hanks vehicle. Yeah. And that is like my whole family knows every like every word to that movie like that is like you know how families have like their family movie yeah that's like ours like we're all obsessed with that thing you do so you need to watch it mine was like my my family movies they're so random it was like the incredibles <laughs> um napoleon dynamite weird that's enough. one of ours too isn't that we crazy all love like, napoleon dynamite <laughs> okay another quick tangent so one day my when my parents were still married we were um repainting the living room and I put that movie on just like on a whim and like our living room was like all rearranged and they were like painting and I was kind of just watching and they literally got sucked in. They stopped painting. They sat down and like on the couches, which were completely like, you know, covered and in the wrong spot. And we just sat down and we're like in a trance for 90 minutes. Oh my God. I love it. I love I it love too. It. It's like my brand of stupid, which I love. Have you watched the, the show? Like the cartoon? No, 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 no. Okay, there's six episodes. Okay. Maybe like a little bit more, and they're all on Hulu right now. Okay, maybe I should. Watch. You'll be able Although to watch I'm a, it. In I'm, one I'm a day. bit of a purist, but I'll okay. I'll I'll power through it. It is, and I think it's like all of the original cast members came back and like played their roles. Oh, and work. it's just hashtag like vote for Pedro. Yeah, hashtag vote for Pedro. It's like dumb fun. If you have time, you should watch it. <laughs> okay, yeah, I think I will add that to my list. Um, and in terms of movies back to the movies that feel like almost <laughs> famous um and I don't really have one plot wise but I do have one um like feel wise I think the way way back which I've definitely mentioned on this podcast many times but I guess like we all just have similar um taste in movies uh-huh. um it is a movie um that is much like almost famous in that it's about a kid like way beyond his years being shaped by the adults in his environment. Um, and I think it has a very similar feel and um, has an amazing cast. There's like Steve Carell and Tony Collette and um, Maya Rudolph is in there. A bunch of like oh amazing gosh. comedians are playing little supporting parts. 
Um, it's a, yeah, you were telling me about this movie. I need to watch it because it has yeah. a lot of people in it that I would love. And I need to, I need to revisit it because um, it was so long ago that I watched it. But like, you know, Allison Janney's in there, Sam Rockwell. Oh my God. Like, yeah, I mean, there's, it's really like such an amazing it's cast. It's stacked. <laughs> oh, it's fully stacked. And it's, um, it sort of has that same feel, like that sort of um, um, coming of age, but like off the beaten path type thing, like mm-hmm. Almost Famous has, or that, you know, Juno has, or that Little oh, Sunshine has, like all these coming of age movies of that everyone those. loves. I mean, Juno's my favorite movie of all time. I know, yeah, you love um, Juno. <laughs> and like, of course, like all those things have like, you know, similar familiar themes, but like each of them sort of does it in a different way that makes them last or like stand mm-hmm. out. And so I think um, that's a, the, the Way Way Back is like a good one to add to that pantheon of like finding yourself coming of age movies. Um, but yeah, did you have any others? I sort of cut you off after the Tom Hanks one. Oh, no, that's okay. Um, I think I had like one more. The I, I have Down Dazed and Confused. Okay. Just because it's like from the same era sure um i actually just watched that for the first time like a few months ago you know i've never seen the whole thing but that has really like elements that i would love as well including parker posey yeah that it's it's, it is a lot of fun i need to watch it again i've only seen it once yeah i've never seen the whole thing so like i'm actually gonna add that to my my quarantina list as well (laughs) right next to that thing you do exactly um Anyway, did you have anything else you wanted to add about Almost Famous, Carly? Um, I think it's just if you haven't seen it, you should probably watch it. It's that movie that was on the Blockbuster shelf with the girl with the um, glasses on <laughs> and the curly hair. Oh, That's yeah, that, 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 that title. I mean, that famous movie cover that you would walk by every I distinctly, time you went to the video rental store. I, yes, I distinctly remember going to Blockbuster to get Good Burger. And mm-hmm. walking down the aisle and seeing the almost famous um, cover art, right, like to oh, my left. Oh, absolutely. And there, there are three movies that I can that I can absolutely point out, having walked by every time and never renting them. Yeah. Almost famous, Life Aquatic, and Armageddon. <laughs> Isn't that so random? Those are like the three I that I always remember. I know. Um, I love it. I, of but course, then, like, have seen I, all of those now, but... Yeah, right. Well, and then when I finally saw this movie, I think I... <clears throat> I was trying to think of the first time when I saw Almost Famous, and I think it was not till later in life after I watched um, the Glee episode with Kate Hudson. Oh, like, I was, like, a, my God. I know. I was, like, a TBT. teenager. I know. It's, like, severe TBT. And then I was watching an interview with Leah Michelle, and she was like, I just love Almost Famous, my favorite movie. And then I was like, oh, what's that? And then <laughs> I saw it, and then I was like, this is that one movie from Blockbuster. This so is... watched it, and now it's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> it's so crazy to me that, like, the person I know so well is, like, knowing everything about rock music and, like, that era of rock music, who's currently wearing a Metallica shirt, um, <laughs> that you learned about Almost Famous from fucking Glee. From Glee, that, I know. That makes it my whole life. It's so funny. And I was like, that is that movie from Blockbuster. Oh my God, I need to watch it. And now it's, I'm obsessed with it. Obviously, um, look at I my was, hair. Um, like, I'm Penny Lane. Literally. I was actually watching my way through that um, BBC list. Um, and, oh no, 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 no. I definitely saw it before that because that list came out in 2016. Um, gosh, but I was, 
oh, I know. It was Christmas break. It was probably, actually, yeah, probably 2016. And I saw it on like the on-demand list. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, this is that that Kate Hudson vehicle. I need to watch this. And then watched it and fell in love. Oh, we were both 16 the first time we watched Almost Famous. That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> love, 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 love. Um, it's a perfect Sweet 16 movie. <laughs> it is a perfect Sweet 16 movie. Wait, was I 16 in 2016? Oh, wait. There's no, no. way. Yeah, I, I was, was like, 16. wait a minute. I got, okay. You no, were probably, yeah, you I'm were probably, off. you were probably 16 when you watched it the first time. Yeah, that's what I but meant to say. I yes. was, I was 22 in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> I was 16 in 2011. So that makes yeah. more sense. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, well, anyway, Carly, thank you so much for joining me. Um, thank you for having just wanna me. Thank you guys for listening again with the, the less than ideal audio. Um, and we can't wait to be back with another episode. Carly, thank you so much. I hope you thank had fun you. on your I first so podcast episode. Fun. I know. Good. And Love just because you. You, you guys can't see, Carly has her hair literally sculpted to look like Miss Penny <laughs> right now. It is curled to filth. And she's in a Metallica shirt, as I mentioned. And we're wearing matching glasses, so. Yes, we are, as always. That's true love, folks. All right, Carly. (laughs) Thank you so much. Love you. Love you. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Thank you.